Welcome to another episode of the Double Coma Club with your host, Nicole Ruth of the Ruth Team, the number one lending team in Colorado. I love special guest days. <laughs> I do. Good morning. I do. I, good morning. So Amanda, we've been on Market Trends Committee together for four years? Five years. Gosh, it's been a long, we'll say four. A pandemic and change. Oh, that is the measure of everything. (laughs) Uh, The measure of everything. Yeah, So Amanda Snicker, you've been in real estate for how long? Got my license January 2010 was when I started. 2010. Yep. So just when the market started, well, right before it started to turn, we started to see yes. prices increase in 2012. Yes. You kind of stepped in and into the mess. I was, and I was blissfully naive. You did. Best time ever. <laughs> so. Yes. And then today's market, mm-hmm. you know, everyone wants to replay it back to the last recession. Mm-hmm. You know, how... It's going to be the same thing. We're going to see home prices crash. We're going to see. You said something before we started recording that I want to highlight as we dive into today. You said the market will only see substantial crash. or And of course, I mean, nobody's crystal ball works yeah. and, and we're all just kind of throwing darts at this yeah. point. But you said if there are no more sellers or no more buyers. Right. Right. So if the if we do see foreclosures, if we do see short sales, you said it's only if nobody's willing to buy those homes, do we actually see a full market crash? Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about it that way. And I find it interesting because right now everybody wants to talk about the negativity. In fact, Laura Levy, thank you. You shared an article with me and I printed oh. it out. <laughs> it was a doozy. Mm. <laughs> so, and this is from The Economist and it was the house price horror show and it's one page long. I can include a PDF, but I honestly don't know that you want to read it. You don't. And you read it right before you it went to bed. It will keep you up. I was up all night. <laughs> it's not a good decision. Not good timing decision, but yeah. Um, it's almost so bleak that I'm like, I just, I don't know how it, I just, I don't want to believe it. But also like, there's a part of me that's just like, I don't, it doesn't fit really with like how I feel the general public feels about real estate, like especially residential. Yes. Now you could maybe apply this to commercial and I could see it right differently. Um, it is, I think, written from a point of residential. It is written from so, residential. So this whole article talks about the international real estate market, right? And so specifically talking about the fact that you've got construction projects that uh, are at a standstill, whether that's in China, you've got massive disruption going on in Japan. You have, uh, it was talking about Sweden and Australia. They don't do 30-year fix. They do two-year terms. And all of them are about to get turned over into higher interest rates, which is going to affect budgets and and homeowners, right? right? Um, Whereas we have the 30-year fixed and and went into the Canadian real estate market and some other markets. And I want to bring it back to the American market and what we're seeing here in the United States. I mean, we have the lowest loan to value than we've ever had Mm -hmm. historically. We have, so that ergo, we have the most equity than we've ever had. We have over a third of all homes are paid in full. We have the tightest lending guidelines than we've ever had based on all the changes after uh, the last housing bubble. So we have a very strong housing market, um, but we we did see foreclosures jump, right? I use that term lightly, <laughs> jump from the very bottom to what they were pre-pandemic. So we're going through this shift and there's a lot of fear in the market. Mm-hmm. How are you talking to your buyers right now? It's really individual. 
because as it always is, we like to think that like it's a great time to buy or it's I mean, as realtors, we're never like it's never a good time to buy. I mean, to be honest, like, well, but it depends on who you are and what your goals are and what your finances look like. And that's always the case. I mean, there was in 2021, it wasn't the right time for some people to buy. They right. just couldn't compete. And so it's really right now, if you still have the baseline motivations, you want a home for your family, you need to be in a specific school district, you don't want to be moving your kids every couple of years if your lease is up on your rental and you maybe can't be in the same school district. You want to have a sense of community, you want to have a sense of safety, you need um, home offices and backyards and you have a dog that digs holes and you just can't get a rental. Like, there's things about our lifestyle that are always true, regardless of what the market looks like. And when you're at a point and you're ready to buy a house, you just deal with the market that exists when you're ready. And that market is different all the time. And we all like to think we can time the market mm-hmm. and like, I'm going to buy at the bottom. Well, when you buy at the bottom, it looks like this, where we have high interest rates and market volatility and nobody likes that either. So there's always nuances to what that market looks like and how it impacts each person differently. And so I think up until this point in the last two years of what this market looked like, and you had sticker shock and you didn't want to pay or didn't think the home's value was what people were paying for those homes, you had purchase price sensitivity. And the people that were buying them had payment sensitivity where they were willing to pay the overall price because the interest rates were so low that their payments were low enough that they were comfortable within their monthly budget. So they didn't necessarily care about the actual purchase price. What they were doing was looking at what it cost to borrow money, which was essentially free, and what their monthly payment was. And so now that that's shifting with the interest rate is that people that are payment sensitive are honing in on that interest rate and it is changing what you're willing to pay for overall purchase price. So it's kind of flipped Mm -hmm. at this point. It's really, if people are willing to understand or feel comfortable with that monthly payment at these higher interest rates, you're getting a house on sale right now. I mean, first of all, we don't know what's happening, but it's essentially just whatever market exists when you're ready to do something and then you figure out how to make it work for you in that moment. I do love that because life continues no matter what the interest rates are. Yeah. People people will buy. People are getting married. People are having children. People are getting divorced. People are downsizing. People are moving across the country for new jobs. Like maybe we've, what we've taken off the top is like, I don't know who said this the other day where I heard this. Might have been you and Meg. I don't know. The froth off the top. The froth, yeah. Was that you guys? Yeah. The froth off the top is like those are people that are moving because they're seeing an opportunity or maybe they had a they woke up one day and they were like, you know what I would like to have? I would like to have a backyard with a water feature. And they're like, there's one down the street. So I'm gonna go buy that one instead. Like we've taken that off. And now we're back to like baseline personal motivations to buy a home, which is what our market typically is. And then so we're just taking that like excess off the top of people that were motivated on a whim or people that were needing something in the moment and had the financial ability to go buy a house. 
100%. I mean, and when interest rates are that low, it is, I mean, and the statement was being made consistently and constantly, this is free money. Yeah. Right? It was free yeah. money. It was 2.6. Yeah. It was 3%, three and a quarter. And so why not buy a second house? Why not buy a vacation home? Why yeah. not buy a second yeah. investment? Well, and when you can rent it or yes. put in an uh, Airbnb and it's going to cash flow and create income for you, it's a great investment. Mm-hmm. And I think all of those people that, I mean, we have a couple of rental properties. We recently bought our a new primary home and are renting our previous primary home, which we lived in for 17 years, but it has a 2.8% interest rate because- It's fantastic. It, yeah. I mean, a 30 year interest rate, like that's just gonna sit there as part of our investment portfolio. And at 2%, 2.8, like, I don't have a motivation to sell that home. You're part of the problem. I'm totally the problem. <laughs> because all of us that have 30-year fixed interest rates at 2 and 3%, yes. that's what we're going to do. Even if you weren't like intending to be a real estate investor yeah. or a landlord, it looks great on paper. And it works. So... We stepped into last year not knowing what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the pandemic turned around and everybody at first closed shop, didn't know what was going to happen. We saw the bottom of the real estate market bounce at the bottom, right? Like everybody, like, I'm not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the Fed started pouring money and liquidity into the market. We saw the interest rates drop. We saw a lot of buyers come out taking advantage of what we were just talking about mm-hmm. the second home the froth all the yeah. opportunities pushing home prices uh, home prices up and we needed it to stop we wanted it to stop it had to stop it did but then this is what it looks like when it stops well yes to some degree right <laughs> yeah. i mean obviously yep. we could have wished the fed should have would have could have yeah i mean started we could have done it differently yes uh but we didn't <laughs> no well, uh, yeah. And so this market, higher interest rates. So there's a lot of conversation. What's going to happen with interest rates? Are they just going to go up from here? Could we see 9% before we're done? I was having a conversation with a real estate agent on Saturday night, and they're convinced that we're going to see 9%. And we might, right? I, nobody really knows for sure. However, I don't see it continuously going up because the Fed is going to, at some point, stop raising the Fed rate, Mm -hmm. start to control inflation, and start to normalize. What are your thoughts on the normalization of interest rates? I think it is really hard to predict because the typical levers that we pull in the economy to Mm -hmm. stabilize inflation aren't working. Right. It feels like the only trick up their sleeve is to just continue raising the interest rate until we get to a threshold where companies are like, oh, we're done. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's higher than what I think we all had anticipated it would be. Right. And again, we're coming off of this two, like unprecedented times of two years of a pandemic and all of the, um, just an economy that we haven't ever seen before. Mm -hmm. So it kind of makes sense that the typical things are not working because it wasn't a typical economy that we were in. So I don't know. I don't have a good answer. I would say that if you'd asked me last year or even in January if rates would be 7% today, and I would have said no. I would have said no. So 
we're already blown apart, whatever my predictions were. I feel like consumers, the everyday people are feeling the inflation and Mm -hmm. they are strongly feeling the interest rates. What's not happening are corporations that are feeling the need to drop prices to meet the uh, consumer in the middle. Mm -hmm. And I don't know at what point the Fed rate gets to where businesses start to do that. And I think Unfortunately, it has to squeeze the consumer to the point they just stop buying. And at some point, and for a long enough period of time that the corporations feel like they have to. Can't be like a couple weeks, they'll just ride it out. Yeah. That's the trick. That's literally what I was about to add. Is the, <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. The, what is the length of time that, so how long do corporations hold on to their employees thinking that this is just a temporary position? Right. I don't want to have to rehire, especially. Yeah. They've worked hard to get them. They worked really hard to get them. And if I let these guys go, will I get them back again or get somebody same or better back again? And that's a big risk. So they're going to hold on until their numbers are depleted. So it has to be a substantial period of time. And that's what the Fed keeps saying. They're going to raise the Fed rate and they're going to hold it there for a period of time. Could that be all of 2023? Mm-hmm. Could be, right? So if I'm a buyer in today's market and I'm reading any of the headlines mm-hmm. that are out there, I'm thinking I'm just going to sit on the sidelines and wait. Mm-hmm. What is your answer to that? I mean, for every buyer, it's like, do you have strong motivation? Are you well-employed and you're securing your job? You have good finances, you know, all of the typical stuff that you need to be a comfortable buyer. I think it's a great opportunity. And it may depend on how long this kind of goes on, because I think that depends on how long and deep we go. But ultimately, at some point, we're going to come out of this. Mm-hmm. And... I don't believe that all of the demand that we had over the summer evaporated. No. They're just sitting on the sidelines, just like this particular buyer scenario, waiting for interest rates to get to a point where they feel comfortable. And I was trying to run an analysis last week of like looking at the historical mortgage rates and the applications, purchase applications to see where everybody's favorite interest rate is. Mm -hmm. Because when it starts coming back down, and it will, we will stabilize. Whether we go to 3%, I have no idea whether we'll ever see that again. But we'll get to a point where it feels comfortable. And I wanted to know what that mortgage rate was. Because if you're sitting on the sideline waiting, trying to time the market, you're going to miss it like we always do. You never know it until it's over. But if you purchase now, you have a lot of opportunity to negotiate on price. You have negotiating on inspection Mm -hmm. items. You just have a a relaxed environment. I mean, it's still stressful like to buy a home. But compared to what people were dealing with over the last two years, like we would be in a home and have to like write the offer on the phone because in the kitchen because there's already two other offers on the property and they're going to make a decision in five minutes. And you're like, what? You know, your client's like, I haven't even seen the bathrooms yet. And you're like, well, it doesn't matter. They have some. So just, it's good. <laughs> so you're not sure if they actually yeah. have some. Yeah, you're, you're like, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure there were some photos of the MLS. Two I don't know. On the MLS. Yeah. So you're just in an environment where you can mm-hmm. take some time and relax and make a good decision for yourself and feel comfortable in that. Where when rates start to come down and the environment starts to improve for a comfortable buy, you know, like you don't want to buy when the interest rates are high and the economy is questionable because, you you know, you have those questions for yourself. But then when you wait until the environment is great, everyone's buying. And so there will become a point where there's all this pent up demand from this summer that just went to the sidelines, plus all of the demand that is created naturally right. over the next six, 12 months, however long this takes to work itself out. 
just the natural life of people where they're getting married or they're having children and now they're in a one or two bedroom apartment and they're like well I can't this kid's not sleeping so I, I want to buy a house but I have to wait until interest rates get to x or the market feels better all those people are going to do that at the same time and I think we saw it in 2013 to 2015 we did I felt like overnight the market switched and all of a sudden there were multiple offers there was cash buyers and I think the same thing will happen again and then you will be back in the environment where you have multiple offers and you're waiving inspection and you're waiving appraisal and you're back into the environment where it feels stressful again. So if you're in a place where you can financially make it work now, I think there's a lot of advantages. And we were even talking about that before we started recording, talking about a buyer who might be at risk of losing their job, doesn't have a lot of money in savings, yep. um, might not feel confident or comfortable jumping into a market like this. For sure. <laughs> and you were like, and what market should they jump into if, you, <laughs> if you're worried about your job and you don't have any money in savings? Yes. But if you have funds... So there was a debate I got into on TikTok about will the stock market outperform the real estate market? and Where do you put your money? Are you keeping it all in cash right now? There are people who are taking advantage of this market because I love your analysis of at what point is that interest rate where everybody does jump in. Remember before the pandemic, we were talking about the largest swell of first time home buyers based on age group and uh, demographics. Right. And so the swell of buyers were coming through. And right before the pandemic, the largest age group was 29. And we were talking about the fact that we had four more huge years and then even trailing years after that of first time home buyers coming into the market. They have not gone away. No. And in fact, they couldn't even get in for the right. last two years. They're still waiting. They're still waiting. Yeah. So now all of a sudden they can get in, but now they're, they've allowed fear to jump in front of them between them and their home. And before, between them and their home was this insane amount of competition. It's a trade-off, but if it makes sense, and if you can find a home that is in your price point that gives you at this interest rate, the monthly budget and the monthly payment that works, then knowing the probability, we can't say for sure, but the probability of interest rates dropping is high. Mm -hmm. It is high. Yeah. So to what, right? Do they drop? I was listening to Dave Stevens, who's a, a phenomenal expert when it comes to mortgage lending and secondary markets. And he was talking about the fact that if you look at where the 10-year treasury is today, based on a normalized spread between the 30-year fixed and a 10-year treasury, it should be in that 180 bips or 1.8% difference. Right now we're over 300% different. Yeah. So if that's the case, interest rates are going to come back down again to that mid fives. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing the interest rate in the long-term money is yeah. fear, market instability, market volatility. Like that's where that's coming from. Yes. It's yes. not necessarily, you know, I mean, we all, it's not directly tied to that Fed rate. It's the Fed rate plus fear. <laughs> Plus fear, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And investors not wanting to buy more back securities right now because sure. everybody thinks yeah. that these are going to go away. They're all right. going to get refinanced in the next year. Yeah, because they yeah. all everyone's expecting mortgage rates to come back down. Yes. So all of that to say, back to the buyer in today's market is somebody who's looking for opportunities to snag a home using down payment assistance or maybe using a VA loan right. or a first-time home buyer program, yeah, knowing the budget still has to work. Yep. You can't buy for a future budget. No. <laughs> the budget is Which is today. what's good about the financing yeah. regulations that we do have. Yes. That were all implemented after the 2008 situation okay. was we people are using real money. Yes. They're using real income documentation. So, you know, 
buyers that fit into that vetted pool are in a good position. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not a perfect home. Maybe it's it not. It never is. I mean, to be honest, it, right? right? Like everybody is making sacrifices mm -hmm. on things. I mean, when buyers come in and think they're going to get, I love when people are like, I would like the unicorn. I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Like, <laughs> of course you do. I want the unicorn. They yeah. fly, right? Yeah. I want the unicorn to fly. <laughs> the Pegasus version? Because, yes. Yeah, we're all making, I mean, we just bought a house, and there are all sorts of sacrifices that we made, the pluses and minuses, things we loved and things we didn't love. We're like, can you live with this? And yeah, you know, um, and that's still the perception that buyers need to have today is that maybe you're you're still not getting, I was having this conversation with some clients that I've been owning homes for 20 years, and I still don't have my dream home, partially because it's always changing my definition, but it just takes time, and nothing is ever perfect. So buying within your budget buying if your job is secure, taking advantage of the fact that you can get inspection, items fixed, a price reduction, uh, all the things, the non-competition or the lack of competition, I should say it that way, uh, and the ability to take your time, less stress. If the budget works for you, then now is a fantastic time to buy. Mm -hmm. Even if it's smaller than what you, what you want in the future, as you said, your perfect dream home, and it becomes a future rental, like your current primary converted into a mm -hmm. rental. And then refinancing when the rates do drop. There are investors specifically taking advantage of this market, which will continue to crowd out first-time home buyers. And when the market and the interest rates do drop and you hit that equilibrium number that you were talking about, mm -hmm. and the market does come back in, buyers who are waiting and trying to catch that moment and miss it and get back into the crazy, not of, of the last two years, yeah. but certainly an intensity that mm -hmm. we're not seeing today. Probably like what we saw in 2013, 2015. Yeah. That pent-up demand that came back after the 2008 recession. That's a fantastic correlation versus, I mean, forgetting 2020, 2021. Yeah. So this is a market where I want to land this is the fact that, number one, I'm so thankful for your friendship because you're so positive as well. And and, and the way you uh, support your clients is this is not the market for everyone. It's just simply not. Uh, and the market in the last two years was for some people who didn't mind spending $200,000 over asking because they had the money and they felt the froth in the stock market or in cryptocurrency or whatever that was and the low interest rates. And the market a year from now when the interest rates drop, a lot of people will become coming back in, all that pent-up demand, all of the demographics, and the investors both mm -hmm. will be coming in, especially for single-family homes, which we know the permits and the starts for single-family homes are lower, and a lot of single-family homes have locked in interest rates below 4%. So we know inventory for single-family homes will be limited. So my, my plea to you is to assess the market, not from the fear of the headlines, but from your own specific personal financial perspective and that if this market works for you one thing i can promise is it's a better market for a buyer than we'll see when than we saw in the last two years and then we'll probably see when the rates drop again yeah. anything before we go i think that wraps it up that wraps it up yeah. thank you guys so much for joining us today i hope you have a fabulous rest yeah. of your day have a great and day. week thank you amanda thank you you've been listening to the double comma club never miss an episode subscribe at thedoublecommaclub.com to hear more success stories and to get free tips on how you can get on the path to becoming a millionaire through real estate at any age. Remember, visit thedoublecommaclub.com and subscribe.